speaking to a disheartened small group attempting to start in the Holy Land anew. God, through Zechariah, reminds the Jews of the miracles that happened at the very beginning of their national story and tells them to see the menorah as a symbol of the fact that miracles are not only possible, but that the story of the Jewish people is itself an ongoing miracle. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 192, The Menorah of Zechariah and of the State of Israel. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Once there was a man who, deep in his soul, felt the need to be a Jew. His material circumstances were satisfactory enough. He was making an adequate living and was fortunate enough to have a vocation in which he could create according to the impulses of his heart. You see, he was an artist. He had long since ceased to trouble his head about his Jewish origin or about the faith of his fathers, when the age-old hatred reasserted itself under a fashionable slogan. Like many others, our man too believed that this movement would soon subside. But instead of getting better, it got worse. Although he was not personally affected by them, the attacks pained him anew each time. Gradually, his soul became one bleeding wound. This secret psychic torment had the effect of steering him to its source, namely his Jewishness, with the result that he experienced a change that he might never have in better days because he had become so alienated. He began to love Judaism with great fervor. At first, he did not fully acknowledge this mysterious affection, but finally it grew so powerful that his vague feelings crystallized into a clear idea to which he gave voice the thought that there was only one way out of this Jewish suffering, namely, to return to Judaism. So begins a short story by Theodor Herzl, titled The Menorah, published in 1897, a link to which we have sent to all of you. This autobiographical creation not only lends insight into Herzl's own hopes and dreams, it also offers an interesting interpretation of the object named in his story's title, one which can allow us to better interpret one of the most famous images of the menorah in the Bible. One which, fascinatingly, is ultimately bound up with the legacy of Herzl himself. Zechariah, or Zechariah, like Haggai and Malachi, prophesied at the beginning of the Second Temple period. But unlike the other two, Zechariah's visions are often apocalyptic and difficult to understand. We will analyze some of his opening visions when we discuss in future lectures the themes that run throughout the book. For now, I wish to study one particular vision, centered on the menorah, and which is read every year on Hanukkah. The prophet speaks to the community that has returned to the land of Israel following Cyrus' proclamation, led by Zerubbabel and Joshua, and he seeks to inspire them following their experience of setback after setback. Zechariah describes his vision in chapter 4, verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a menorah all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and the seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered, and spoke to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered, and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my lord. And he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. A menorah surrounded by olive trees. The precise descriptions of this menorah has entranced interpreters both medieval and modern, and there is so much that can be said here. But for now, let me offer a few thoughts of my own. The menorah in Zechariah's vision is surrounded by two trees. That they are olive trees is no doubt linked to the fact that the menorah itself was kindled only with shemen zayit zach, pure olive oil, which alone, according to the Torah, can serve the halot ner tamid to allow for the raising of pure lights steady, luminous flames atop the candelabra. 
but the botanical note being struck here is significant and may hint to us to see the menorah in between the two olive trees as a tree as well. And with this in mind, we return to our short story. Herzl tells us that this man, the hero of his tale, was an artist. And so, when he decided to induct his children into Jewish ritual, he chose Hanukkah as the inaugural moment. Herzl writes, quote, In previous years, he had let the festival, which for centuries had illuminated the marvel of the Maccabees, with the glow of candles pass by unobserved. Now, however, he used it as an occasion to provide his children with a beautiful memory for the future, end quote. Here, of course, Herzl is giving us something that is a bit autobiographical. A tortured artist who is driven by the experience of anti-Semitism to a love not only of the Jewish people, but of the story of Judaism itself. What inspired Herzl's writing this in 1897? As I argued in my Tikva statesmanship lectures, one can suggest that the story was linked to a personal saga. At the same time that Herzl was engaged with the publication of his pamphlet and the launch of the Zionist Congress, he was also involved in a turbulent friendship turned political enmity with one of the most prominent Jewish leaders in his own hometown. In 1895, Herzl struck up a friendship with the chief rabbi of Vienna, Moritz Gudemann, who was initially enormously excited about the Zionist project. Rabbi Gudemann went to visit Herzl and was shocked to find that Herzl, the man upon whom Rabbi Gudemann had placed such hopes, was so assimilated at that time that he, Herzl, had a Christmas tree in his home. When one reads Herzl's own description in his diary about that moment, one senses Herzl's chagrin and embarrassment. Herzl writes, quote, I was just lighting the Christmas tree for my children when Gudemann arrived. He seemed upset by the Christian custom. Well, I will not let myself be pressured, but I don't mind if they call it the Hanukkah tree or the winter solstice, end quote. This is how assimilated Herzl was at this time. At the moment when he was working on the Zionist project, he had in his home what he was willing to call a quote-unquote Hanukkah tree. As the next two years proceeded, Herzl would fall out with Rabbi Gudemann over Zionism. In 1897, Rabbi Gudemann would publish a prominent attack on Herzl, to which Herzl would respond. And following this falling out, Gudemann would never forget their early meeting, writing in his memoir, quote, Imagine my dismay. Soon Herzl entered, together with Oppenheim, also an editor of the Neue Freie Presse. Our conversation in the presence of the Christmas tree was rather cumbersome, and I soon took my leave. As far as I can recall, we paid no more visits to each other's homes, end quote. It is only several months after their falling out in public debate that, in 1897, at a time when Austrian and German society was marking Christmas, Herzl writes his short story, The Menorah. And here's what's particularly interesting. While in 1895 Herzl had jokingly called his Christmas tree a Hanukkah tree, in 1897 in this short story, he actually argues that the menorah, the symbol of Hanukkah, is meant to remind us of a tree. The artist, Herzl tells us, interpreted this famous symbol of Judaism as follows. Quote, the ancient form of the menorah also gave him food for thought. When had the primitive structure of this candelabrum first been devised? Obviously, its form had originally been derived from that of a tree. The sturdy stem in the center, four branches to the right and four to the left, each below the other, each pair on the same level, yet all reaching the same height. A later symbolism added a ninth, shorter branch, which jutted out in front and was called the shamash, or servant. With what mystery had this simple artistic form taken from nature been endowed by successive generations? End quote. And so Herzl gives us a tale of an artist who embraces Judaism and who instead of celebrating Christmas restores the menorah as the tree of the Jewish people. Can it not be, perhaps, that Herzl wrote this as a sort of makeup for that previous moment? So that now, in 1897, he writes this tale of an assimilated Jewish artist who ardently insisted suddenly to teach Judaism to his children. 
It is Herzl who helps us thereby to achieve a new understanding of the menorah. As we end the story, we ask ourselves, could it actually be that the golden candelabra is meant to embody a botanical creation? And could this explain why the menorah of Zechariah's vision is surrounded by trees? It could indeed, because as I recently discussed in my Exodus Weekly mailing, Herzl's hunch was confirmed by a man who was inspired by the movement that Herzl helped bring about. Ephraim Haruveni and his wife Hannah were botanists who emigrated to the Holy Land in the early days of the Yishuv. They were obsessed with identifying the biblical plants of the Bible, and they also sought out a plant amongst Holy Land soil that might appear to be the botanical equivalent of the menorah because they were convinced that when the menorah was first created in the tabernacle, it was meant to serve as a representation of a tree. They therefore walked around the Holy Land and discovered the salvia plant. And the salvia plant that is native to the Holy Land, known as salvia palestina, looks exactly like a menorah. It has branches that extend akin to the temple's candelabra. This teaches us that the menorah lit may indeed be meant to embody a bush ablaze. And what this means is that Herzl, in the midst of an autobiographical reflection, has given us, perhaps unintentionally, a new insight, which is that perhaps the menorah is meant to reflect in Zechariah's vision, and perhaps elsewhere, a burning bush, the burning bush, which burned but was not consumed. It is a reminder of the encounter of Moses with the divine on Sinai, and also a reminder of the indestructible nature of the Jews. As David Galerta once wrote about the famous biblical image of the burning bush, quote, the miracle is not the burning, but the continued burning. Those dry thorns should have burned to black dust in an instant, but time has been stretched out, stretched thin, and a moment of instantaneous combustion lasts on and on, end quote. The point, I think, is that if God on the eve of the Exodus chose to reveal himself in this manner, the meaning is that this eternal fire, this Jewish defiance of time throughout the ages, the very fact of Jewish endurance, is a medium through which the divine is to be discovered. This is a miracle that will not cease and can be experienced in every age. We are now, I think, able, perhaps, to offer an interpretation of Zechariah's words. Behold, I saw a menorah surrounded by trees. And if the menorah is itself an embodiment of the burning bush, then God's words of encouragement are meant to hearken all the way back to Moses, when he then adds through Zechariah, not by power and not by might, but by my spirit. Speaking to a disheartened small group attempting to start in the Holy Land anew, God through Zechariah reminds the Jews of the miracles that happened at the very beginning of their national story and tells them to see the menorah, a centerpiece of the temple they are called to build, as a symbol of the fact that miracles are not only possible, but that the story of the Jewish people is itself an ongoing miracle. The story of Herzl, who went from being a totally assimilated Jew to a father of Zionism, is of course part of this miraculous Jewish story. It is striking, therefore, that ultimately, whether fully intentionally or not, the state of Israel's seal featured a menorah surrounded by olive branches, almost exactly like the vision of Zechariah. Of course, as I have argued in commentary, the seal as it currently can be seen is imperfect, for it utilizes an image of the menorah taken off the Arch of Titus with a stepped pedestal, rather than the menorah as it was traditionally believed to have been with a tripod of three small legs, three small legs that I believe to be symbols of the rootedness of this golden tree in the soil of the Temple Mount. 
But as I reflected in that article, perhaps even this imperfection allows us to appreciate the age in which we live, where so many miraculous things have occurred, but where the ultimate vision of the Bible has not yet been fully achieved. And we therefore reflect on the miracles that have already occurred, and we hope that the Spirit of God referenced in Zechariah will further inspire God's people and allow us all to discover many more miracles yet to come. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.